0: is Girl Tales, a kids' podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I'd like to send a very special shout out to Mara Edwards. Mara, thank you so much for listening to Girl Tales. Grown Ups, Girl Tales is brought to you by families like yours. If you'd like to hear your child's name at the top of our next episode, or if you would like me to wish them a happy birthday, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now on to our episode. This is Merlin and the Dragons by Danny Martinek. Enjoy! I would like to tell you about a friend of mine. Actually, you already know her. It's Merlin. Yep, the same Merlin who helped Artie realize she was the right person to rule Akvanova way back in the day. Our magic lessons are going well, if frustrating for me sometimes. The last time we met up, Merlin told me this story. It takes place long before Merlin met Artie. Long before Merlin even met Artie's parents. Or Artie's parents' parents. Or Artie's parents' parents' parents. If you're thinking, wait, Merlin can't have met Artie's parents' parents' parents. That would make Merlin super old. Merlin is magic, remember? She's much older than she looks. But maybe about as wise as you'd expect. Anyway, here is the story Merlin told me. A long, long time ago... In Akvanova, before it was even called Akvanova, a king from a neighboring land went to do things a little differently than the kings who came before him. He thought that every family in his kingdom had the right to their own land, to support their families and the whole community. This was unheard of in a time when most people owned very little and worked on other people's land to get by. This king was called King Vortigern, And his people loved him. But King Vortigern had a small problem. He was running out of land to give to the families in his kingdom. So King Vortigern and his wise men and his people, who didn't yet have any land, set out to find some more land. They marched for days after days after days, tormented by the wind and rain and the wild beasts that lived in the deep woods of the mountains. Finally, they came upon a mountain shaped like the biggest ridge of a twisting, knobby spine, surrounded by lush forest and rolling grasslands all around. King Vortigern's wise men told him to build a castle on top of the mountain, where he and his people would live until each family found their own land around it. All Vortigern's people rejoiced. They could finally rest. Vortigern's builders began to build the walls of this castle, and his people went to sleep that night with happy dreams of soft beds in warm halls. But as they were sleeping, the night air shook, and the wind howled like something outside of time, and the walls of the castle crumbled to the ground. Dismayed, Vortigern commanded his builders to build the castle once again. Again his people went to sleep, dreaming of this castle. Again the night air shook, and the wind howled, and the walls of the castle crumbled to the ground. The third night the castle crumbled, King Vortigern turned to his wise men and begged them for advice.
1: What wisdom do you have for me now?
0: He challenged them.
1: "'You told me to build my castle upon this mountain, "'but the mountain will not accept what I build. "'My people are cold and tired, "'dreaming of soft sleep in warm beds. "'What should I do?'
0: "'The wise men replied, "'You must find a child born without a father. "'A child like that has supernatural powers. "'Bring that child to the mountain.' and have them bless and place where the castle will stand. Then the castle will stand tall for generations. So Vortigern sent messengers out across the neighboring lands, searching every village for a child without a father. The messengers returned with a young girl with piercing eyes like a hawk. Vortigern
1: asked her, You girl, You were born without a father.
0: The girl looked at Vortigern, unafraid. My father is not of this world. I know him no more than I know you, Stranger King.
1: My name is Vortigern, child. What are you called?
0: I am called Emrys, for I am immortal among my people. Why have you brought me here, Vortigern King?
1: I mean to build a castle upon this mountain to house my people, who are cold and tired, dreaming of soft sleep in warm beds. Yet every night what we build during the day crumbles to the ground. My wise men have said that you must bless the ground where the castle is to stand, and then the castle will last for generations without crumbling.
0: Emerus looked at Vortigern. You come with villages worth of people, and you are building one castle? What will you do after you build this castle, Vortigern King?
1: You ask wise questions, young Amrys. I have promised my people that every family will have land of their own to work as they please to support themselves and the community. This is why we are here, and that is what I will do after building this castle.
0: Hearing this, Emrys turned her piercing gaze upon the wise men. How did you come by this knowledge? What told you that a blessing from me could protect your castle? When the wise men stammered and said that the divining tools of their ancestral land gave them that answer, Emrys scoffed. The wisdom of your former land does not know this land. What can it tell you of a mountain it has never known? "'Vortigern, king, I can prove to you that a blessing from me will not secure your castle. Grant me three predictions to convince you of my wisdom. If any of them proves false, then I will bless the land for you.' Vortigern's wise men sputtered, "'Sire, surely you are not considering listening to this girl?' Wisdom belongs to men, and we have served you faithfully for many years. Emrys remained calm and said to Vortigern, My people have different ideas of who may hold wisdom. Will you listen, Vortigern king? Vortigern looked at Emrys, and it seemed to him her hawk-like eyes might see some truth. His wise men could not. He nodded, and Emrys told his wise men to dig under the mountain, where they would find a fresh water lake. The wise men did not like that. They were wise men, not laborers. And if there were a lake under the mountain, surely they would have known about it. But Vortigern commanded them to dig. So they dug. They dug. And they dug, and all the while Emmer stood among Vortigern's men like she belonged there, refusing food and drink, refusing even to sit. She was calm, and Vortigern was impressed. The wise men dug for three days and three nights. Each night, the night air shook, and the wind howled, and there was a rumbling inside the earth that seemed to grow nearer and nearer the deeper the wise men dug. On the dawn of the fourth day, the wise men finished digging. Everyone could clearly see the lake that Emrys predicted, sparkling bright in the sun. Vortigern turned to Emrys.
1: You know there was a lake under the mountain when my wise men did not, but a lake is not what makes my castle fall every night. One of your three predictions has proven true. Be careful with your second prediction.
0: Emrys was not moved. Are you careful, Vortigern King, when you predict that the dawn follows the night or that the tree follows the seed? I am as careful when I say that if you drain the lake, you will find two sleeping dragons, one red and one white. Vortigern and his people were skeptical of Emrys's claim, but Vortigern ordered his wise men to drain the lake. The wise men did not like that, They had no way to drain the lake except their drinking vessels. Draining the lake would take time that they did not have. And if there were dragons sleeping under the lake, surely they would have known about it. The wise men shrunk back under the stern gaze of their king.
1: We must take the time to drain the lake nevertheless. I am bound by honor to give this girl three chances to prove her wisdom to me. Since you were the ones to demand she bless my castle grounds, you must be the ones to put her claims to the test.
0: So the wise men drained the lake. It took time. It took more time than you think it could possibly take. Remember, they were working with drinking cups. It took enough time for the rain to come and refill the lake past the level the wise men had drained it. Enough time for the wind to turn bitterly cold and Vortigern's people to begin the dream of soft beds in warm halls, even during the brightest light of day. Enough time for Vortigern to stand with Emrys and talk with her. Enough time for him to discover that the king and the girl actually got along quite well, and that it would wound his heart if she were to simply bless the land and leave. Vortigern started to hope that Emrys' three predictions all proved correct, but he kept it to himself. He would not abandon his people to the wilds of the mountain, without shelter. The land had to be blessed. With all the time it took to drain the lake, Emrys refused food and drink, refusing even to sit. Truth will keep me alive longer than the bread and wine of men, Vortigern King. And as you know, my father is not of this world. I will wait exactly as I am until the truth of my words releases me. Finally, the wise men finished draining the lake. There, for all to see, were two dragons, red and white, sleeping in the lake bed, curled around each other like two halves of a coin. Vortigern turned to Emerus. You knew there were dragons, red and white, sleeping at the bottom of the lake, under the mountain, when my wise men did not. But sleeping dragons are not what makes my castle fall every night. Two of your three predictions have proven true. Wanting in his heart to release Emrys from her promise, but bound by his duty to his people to continue, Vortigern said to Emrys, Be careful with your third prediction. Emrys met his gaze, unafraid. Are you careful, Vortigern King, when you predict that old age follows youth or that the hen follows the egg? I am as careful when I say that if you wait until night, you will see the two dragons battle each other and you will see the red drive the white away from the lake. After you see this happen with your own eyes, I will tell you why this happens." So Vortigern and his people waited until night. It wasn't that hard. They had been waiting for as long as it took to uncover the lake And then, as long as it took to uncover the dragons, one more day passed in a blink. That night, before the astonished eyes of the people, the dragons awoke and began to battle. The white dragon pressed its attack. It drove the red dragon back to the edge of the drained lake once, twice. A third time, the white dragon pushed the red dragon nearly to the edge of the lake. But all of a sudden, the red dragon turned and came at the white dragon with new determination. The white dragon hauled itself past the edge of the lake and over the side of the mountain, defeated. The red dragon roared its victory, then curled up in the sandy pit of the drained lake to sleep. Once more, as the dawn broke. Vortigern and his men stood stunned. Emrys was right about everything. Vortigern turned to Emrys, who had been standing calm and still this whole time. He turned to this girl who had seen through the heart of a mountain and said,
1: "'You promised to tell me why the dragons fought and why the red dragon won.'
0: And Emrys replied, "'So I did. The dragons represent the peoples of this land.' The Red Dragon was here first. Its people, my people, have taken care of this land for generations beyond memory. The White Dragon came here after eating the Red Dragon's prey and scorching the Red Dragon's grass and invading the Red Dragon's lake. The Red Dragon knows the White Dragon wants all of the land for itself, leaving none for the Red Dragon. So every night they fight to see which will claim the lake. And every day they sleep and regain their strength for the next battle. No matter the outcome of this battle, they fight again, each night. And here, Emerus seemed to Vortigern to become somehow larger than she was, and glow with a light from within. She seemed to him like the noblest ruler he had ever known, like something he had only heard of from ancient stories. And in a calm yet stern voice, she told him, "'The red dragon is of my people, and the white dragon is of your people. "'I knew how this battle would end, because I know these dragons, and I know this land, "'so I see them more clearly than you can. "'If I just blessed the land you want for your castle and left you to build, "'your castle would fall again, because you do not know the land, "'and you do not understand its people.' You think only of yourself and your people. And Vortigern felt ashamed, because he knew this was true. In his excitement to give his people the land that would help him thrive, he had not thought at all about the people who already lived on this land, and how his actions would affect them. He could not see a way to resolve this that would benefit both his people and Emrys's. Emrys, seeing Vortigern's dismay, continued. There are many peoples of the White Dragon. If I refuse to help you, more will come, and those who come after might not listen as you have. But if I teach you and we learn together, we might grow like the knotty thorn bush that protects its dearest flowers from the swooping birds and prowling fox. I have never seen a night where the Red Dragon and the White Dragon do not battle, but that does not mean a night like that can never be. And there, Emrys, who had not a scrap of food or a drop of water, nor even sat down since she was brought before him, extended her small hand to the stranger king, meeting his eyes fearlessly. My father is not of this world. My mother is a human woman of the village where you found me. I love her as I love all my people, and as I love this land. Vow to treat my people with peace in your heart, and honor in your deeds, so my people do not suffer as your people thrive. Let your wise men learn our ways, and teach me yours, and honor my wisdom into the future, as you have done here. If you swear to all this, I will be your court sorcerer, and share my wisdom, as long as you live, Vortigern King." Vortigern was once again struck by this girl, whose knowledge was greater than his most learned advisors, and whose wisdom was greater still. He took her hand with respect and said,
1: I swear these things to you, child. I shall treat your people with peace in my heart and honor in my deeds. My wise men shall learn your ways and teach you ours, and I shall honor your wisdom for the rest of my days, so that together the people of the red and white dragons may learn to thrive upon this land.
0: Here he looked into her eyes, as sharp as any hawks, and the king said,
1: If you will accept a name from me, I'll call you Merlin, for your wisdom pierces the shrouds of mystery like the gaze of that fearless bird.
0: Emry smiled and said, I have a name already. I will not throw it away nor let you erase it. "'But I will allow you to add to it. "'You may call me Merlin Emerus. "'I think I like the sound of that Vortigern king.'" And that's how Merlin not only got the name we know her by today, but proved her ability to see the truth of the mortal heart. This would serve her well in her far future, with another ruler we all know and in many adventures in between. But that was a long ways off, For now, we leave Merlin as Vortigern's court sorcerer, sharing her wisdom with others and learning from them in return, something she continues to do to this day. Speaking of learning, if any of our listeners want to join me for magic lessons and the occasional story with Merlin, join us down at Freshwater Lake. The dragons have chilled out a lot over the years and mostly get along. You might even be able to tempt one into jet skiing around the lake with you. And Merlin's always happy to meet new students and to learn from them, too. That was Merlin and the Dragons by Danny Martinek. Produced by Tessa Flannery. Executive produced and performed by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Girl Tales is a Cordelia Studios production. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love this story, share it with a friend. Grown ups, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, and remember, I believe in you.
2: back.